get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Curbs, what have you seen from the Blues lately that you think is different than the last time that we talked about a three-game winning streak? That one didn't sustain itself. Does this one feel a little different to you? Uh, You know what? I I really think that that right now, I I don't know how sustainable it is. I, I think you just... You, you just have to play a game a certain way, and um, and and when they play the game that way, they give themselves the chance. And, and what happens, you know, certain ways like you're you're a goal scorer, go to the front of the net. Where's Vladimir Tarasenko on that power play? He scores it. You know, you get the five on three power play goal in those last two games. You know, how did that happen? Well, you put the puck where a guy that can hit it with a one timer is actually able to shoot it as a one timer. Those are some basic things that they're doing. Um, I, I like what's happened. I, I like the fact that they survived those last two games, Brandon, and I, and I like the fact that now these next three are against Minnesota. I mean, just going through my notes today, that this is a good matchup for the Blues. I know the Wild are playing well. Uh, they, their core and, and their strength is the veteran nature of their defense and how they can defend, and they're getting great goaltending from Cam Talbot. There's not an overpowering offensive threat on this team like a Nathan McKinnon like Amiko Rantanen. They, they, they don't have it. And they've got some good talent like the Blues do, but they don't have that overpowering one. So I think defensively the Blues can bottle them up a little bit from a forward standpoint. And if they can get in on their defense and make the defense really battle in their own end, I like the way this matchup is looking for the next few games for the Blues. From that forward perspective, Curbs, what have you thought about Braden Shen on the wing? Naturally a centerman. He's talked about how he enjoys playing the center, but he'll move wherever Craig Berube needs him to. But he's another one of those shutdown guys at the forward position that I think matches well with O'Reilly and Perron. You know, at some point in time, you've got to create room for your lineup. Um, We've talked about it plenty of times with starting pitching with the Cardinals, maybe a fielder, maybe an outfielder eventually you've got to create some room, right? I mean, Fowler had to go. You had to find out what you've got with some of these other guys, right? And, and, and to me, Braden Shen becomes the swing man when it comes to this. An excellent centerman, has, uh, has led the Blues in points since he got here. Uh, a terrific guy in the middle, likes playing center. But if you are going to really create some space for a Robert Thomas, it might have in the top six, and, he, and if Thomas plays center, Shen has to play the wing. He's, he is a top six forward in the National Hockey League. So he'll have to play the wing. I like the fact that you just put him out there with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron, and you say go to work. When Ryan O'Reilly scored that first goal in the comeback against Colorado, Ryan O'Reilly hounded that puck from Nathan McKinnon. But if you go back and you watch it, they finished the line change, and Braden Shen had come onto the ice. He hustled, he got into that corner, and he actually kicked that puck loose so O'Reilly could get it back off the inboards. Just plays like that. Smart hockey player knows that he needs to play a certain role, and that is whatever role the team needs him right now, 
and he's willing to do it. So I, I, I'm, I'm cool if they put him on there, and I really like what that line represents for the Blues. Sticking with the theme of the roles and the new roles in particular, um, what about Mike Hoffman playing a little bit more on the fourth line now? I looked in the last game, just nine and a half minutes of even strength ice time, but they're using him where he's been most productive, of course, which is on the power play, getting the promotion to the first power play unit. What do you think about the way that he's been utilized lately? And I, I think he deserves a little bit of credit as well, Curves, for buying into that role. If he's a bit of a defensive liability and you're going up against Colorado like that, you can't give him the, the, the 15, 16 minutes a game. And Craig Berube went with an interesting coach's decision, and that's to go with the, the 11 forwards. And that allowed him to put a skilled centerman in between Blay and Hoffman. And so the Blues didn't have that prototypical typical checking line. You know, they, they had the line that they could go out there that if they got some momentum, could end up playing 10, 12, 15 minutes a game if they need it. If they don't, you balance it out, but you create some mismatches. And I think that's what's, that's what's happened there. Now he's going to go back to, I think uh, uh, he's, he's going to go back to 12 followers today. I don't know that the, the, the 70 uh, aspect of things is really sustainable for every game over the course of the regular season, but uh, going back there, it'll put Zach Sanford back there in the middle probably. And we'll see how things work out, but, the bottom line is, is those top guys to get you into the playoffs are going to have to play the bulk of the minutes and be productive. That's the way this team is built. They're not as deep as they were a couple of years ago in terms of top to bottom and how they're built up. And I think what we're seeing, to your point, Brandon, is a little bit of an adjustment in how this team needs to be successful based on the talent that they have. Putting Mike Kaufman in a shooting position on that top power play unit, getting Tarasenko out of there who won't one-time it in that spot, is a terrific move that appears to be helpful right now. With that being said, Curves, and Sanford is getting back into the lineup, what do you think that role looks like for him? Because it seems that Craig Bruby has found some chemistry with those top three lines, that third one being Barbashev, Thomas, and Kairou. Does it stick that way, and Sanford kind of slots down into the fourth line role? I think it does, and I think it means just play some smart hockey. Yeah. Play some hard hockey. You know, it, it, it's very clear that he's a, he's a player that has talent. He's a player that has ability. He's a player that has a hard time skiing on, staying on his skates when he's checked. He gets knocked down. He gets right back up again. Probably would be a good song, I think. And then he turns around, right? You know, and, but, but then he's got that propensity to just make the soft play. And, and the reason that he does that is he's got that offensive mind, right? He's got that, he's got that ability to see some things that other people don't. Unfortunately, it's, it's causing some wrong decision-making at the wrong time. You know? and, and so it's not like that, that turnover from a couple of games ago at the blue line. It wasn't that it's a bad play. It's so much that it's that play at that time and on that part of the ice. And, uh, and, and those are the things that he's going to have to still as a fairly young player and, and in the league has just got to start making harder plays and, and be more decisive. So for me, he gets back in that lineup right now with the way the other guys are rolling. Just make smart, safe hockey to put your team and the line change in a better position or in a good position when you make that change. The voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, joining us here for another couple of minutes on 101 ESPN. Kerbs, I wanted to take a second to talk about Jordan Bennington because he's been outstanding in this stretch of it's really the last like eight or nine games. And I think his best of the bunch in terms of individual games was the last one where we saw that outstanding save that he had. And that's what had been missing. I know we've talked about this with you a number of times, Curbs. It's that one big time save that they haven't been getting previously that they got in that game. What can you tell our listeners about what you've seen that stood out about Bennington's performance of late? Yeah, he's he's really calmed things down, hasn't he? I mean, uh, 
I don't think he got overworked in that last game, but at the same time, just made really good, smart saves when he and, and, and good quality saves when you needed them. And sometimes you'll hear Doug Armstrong refer to it's not how many that go in, it's, it's when do you make the save when you need it, you know, um, which, which is really kind of important because when you make that save when you really need it, it's how you win that 4 3 kind of game, right? But, but he, he, he really settled things down. I don't think it's any coincidence that for the most part, a lot of that settling down happened when Colton Pareko returned to the lineup. Um, I, I think that has a huge part of it in terms of how the Blues were defending in front of their net. And then Jordan was able to continue to feel that and be on a good run in those last couple games with, with Pareko out. So I, um, I, he, he's, he's what you need. I mean, look, sometimes uh, there's a great old quote in hockey that said maybe this game should be called goalie. <laughs> because if you don't have one, you're in a whole, you're in a whole lot of trouble. You know, and, and that's what's keeping Minnesota going right now. Talbot's playing really, really well. The Blues are going to have to get in front of him and create some havoc there tonight at the XL Energy Center. But for Jordan Bennington, they needed him to really start to calm things down. We had gone so long where you hadn't seen a Blues goaltender as one of the three stars. And, and when you had all those injuries, that became quite a problem. So the fact that they've been a factor again uh, is, is one of the reasons that you're sitting in a playoff spot right now instead of four or five points out. Last question that I've got for you, Curbs, is on Robert Thomas. This last game against Colorado was the first time that he had multiple shots in a game in more than two and a half months. And what did you like from his game against Colorado? Of course, you get the goal. That's something that everybody's going to enjoy seeing. But he seemed to be more aggressive to me in that one as well. You know, that was that whole line was an interesting one to me going in. Uh, you, you know exactly what you're going to get from Ivan Barbashev. The question was, what kind of game were you going to get from Cairo and, and from Robert Thomas? And with the depth of Colorado, I was really curious to see if they became uh, a, a mismatch problem for Colorado or if they became a liability for the Blues. And you know what? They became a mismatch problem for Colorado. And that, that was a real positive thing to see. I think the reason for that was those other two lines were going well enough that, that his line was getting set up in the right spot, that leaving your teammate in the good spot when you make that line change aspect we always talk about. So, um, I, I do think, to your point, Brandon, that Robert Thomas has got to continue to shoot the puck. He, we, we don't have enough pure goal scorers where you know where you can afford where you've got a guy that say oh, I'm, I'm just a passer, you know, and and that's not going to work. He, he's going to have to shoot the puck, and he's got a good enough shot. He's going to have to put himself in shooting positions and in shooting lanes that can matter. Again, I referenced that five on three goal from a couple nights ago. If you go back and you watch that. Look where Ryan O'Reilly took the puck before he passed it back to Tory Krug. He was in a spot where he was in a shooting lane, and that caused two of the penalty killers to have to defend him differently, which opened up Krug, and then the one-touch pass, one pass opened up the shot from Hoffman. It's those kind of things that if you do that, you shoot it a couple times, they have to defend you differently. That's going to open up more of your passing. It's something the coaching staff was talking to Robert a lot prior to the first real long injury he had this year and something you know they're harping on. And, and look, it, it, he's only in his third season in the National Hockey League, and this isn't even a full season, right? So two and just over two and a half seasons, he's got a lot of learning to do, but the shooting the puck has got to be part of his game. Curbs, we look forward to hearing you on the call tonight. Blues versus Wild pregame coverage with Alex Ferrario coming up at 5. Puck drop with you and Joey Vitale coming up at 6. Looking forward to it, man. Always enjoy the time here with you on 101 ESPN. All right, guys. Have an awesome day. Talk to you tonight. That's Chris Kerber on 101 ESPN. We'll cross things over with the fast lane next.